Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. can win a couple of games. That can happen anywhere, at any time, regardless of the matchups. That's the nature of baseball. You're only as good as that day's starting pitcher. And at the same time, and at the same time, the Pirates have won four out of their past five and haven't exactly looked out of place in doing so. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. The Pirates beat the Padres 5-1 to last night at PNC Park. The second win in a row over the Padres. The second win in a row by a four-run margin. The second win in a row where they chased a really, really, really good pitcher and one that people think is a really good pitcher because he had a no-hitter in short order. And I know, I know, they're the Pirates and everybody has set the bar for them uh, at an unimaginably low level. 110 losses, 120 losses, whatever it is. No one says under 100. You say under 100, then you're just this cockeyed optimist. I've been trying to tell people, going back to the early phase of spring training, that while my expectations for the one-loss record in 2021 were anything but high, I also saw things that I did not see last year. I saw talent. I saw real live arms in the bullpen. I saw a starting pitching staff that was going to be a concern. And, you know, both of those things about the pitching have come to pass. And I also saw hitting that should never have been as bad as it was in 2020. Hitting that, for the most part, was pretty good in 2019. And it looked like some of those hitting tendencies, meaning the positive ones from 2019, had made a comeback in a couple of cases down in Bradenton, a massive, dramatic comeback, at least as much as anything can mean anything in grapefruit ball. But if you look at the way in which the Pirates are winning, and they are, there's no other way to describe taking four out of five, and now their overall record is 5 and 7 after starting out of course 1 and 6 but if you look at the way that they're doing it it hasn't really come with a, a fluky or a weird feel to it it just hasn't and i'll cite a couple of areas 
in specific. One is the bullpen, which other than a couple of games in Cincinnati that were disastrous for everyone involved, the bullpen has just been lights out. I mean, you, you've you handed them the ball in the third inning, fourth inning, sometimes earlier than that, and they've just taken it home. I've been concerned, and I expressed concern after opening day in Chicago, that you can't keep that kind of thing up, and you can't. You can't. You have to get more starts like what they got last night from Tyler Anderson to the five scoreless innings. Boy, was he good, by the way. But you have to get more of that. Or you're going to wear guys down, you're going to get them hurt, and then you're going to see, you know, whatever version of, what was that guy's name last year? I already tried to, I already blocked it out of my head. Miguel Del Pozo, that's it, (laughs) from the, the Altoona Satellite Camp. Long since banished forever. These guys have gotten the job done, and the part that's been the most encouraging, I think, is that Derek Shelton's been able to use all of them in all kinds of different roles already. We're only a dozen games into the season, and you've seen relievers that you didn't expect to get stretched into a couple innings get used that way. You've seen guys that you thought would be at the back end instead used at the front end. You've seen guys at the back end in a, I, I guess you could call it a semi-save situation last night for Chris Stratton. I mean, he comes in with a four-run lead. You know, technically it's not that, but he's still got to slam the door, and he did. These guys have weathered that storm really well. Even just in the last 48 hours, if you go back to the night before when Shelton had to use nearly everybody who was available, uh, by his own reckoning, meaning players that the pitchers that he had available to him by the athletic training staff. Dwayne Underwood was the only one who didn't pitch. Dwayne Underwood, though, he got up, meaning he threw warm up. So even he wasn't completely clean. Underwood's the first guy that comes into this game, and then you see Sam Howard come in, and then you see Stratton finish it off. Uh, they've just gotten it done. And it has not looked or felt, I'm going to use the word again here, fluky at all. In a lot of cases, they're overwhelming hitters with their stuff, and they're making sure that they keep their cool out there with their poise, as they showed the other night when things weren't going well, and there were way, way, way too many walks issued, an embarrassing amount of walks. But when they needed an out, they got it. When they had to bear down and rear back, they got it. That's the sign of a really, really good bullpen. Even if they don't have a true closer, even if Richard Rodriguez is not that guy, it has the makings of a very good bullpen. And, you know, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of self-congratulatory nonsense here throughout the year, but I did kind of tell you from spring training, that that was going to be the case. These are real live arms. Ben Charrington had a year to put together a group of internal finds. That's the other thing that's impressive about this. It wasn't just him going around and collecting uh, $1.2 million free agents. 
and then throwing them all against the wall, which was the Neil Huntington approach that sometimes worked to his credit and sometimes didn't. These are these are internal guys. These are buckos. And don't forget, Blake Cedarland should have been one of them too, and he's already lost for the year to Tommy John. Good, good bullpen. Not fluky. I'll tell you the other non-fluky thing after I remind you that this daily shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern and Mike's Beer Bar. Those are sister ventures, companion ventures, both of them owned and operated by our friend Mike Sukic, who does an amazing job at everything, but as I often tell Mike, he really outdid himself with turning North Shore Tavern into a pure pirate's bar. I know of a lot of people who've gone there because they've heard about Steak on a Stone, and I get that. It's an experience. It's literally a dining experience. But if you're a fan of the Pirates and or their 135-year history, you have an opportunity to see some really, really special stuff uh, from the very front of the place to the very back. It respects all of the history going all the way back to the late 1800s when they joined the National League. North Shore Tavern, go check them out. The other facet in which the baseball team has looked good without feeling fluky is at the plate. I know it's early, but I also know that the Pirates have faced and beaten already some pretty good pitching. They beat Kyle Hendricks in the opener, chased him early. That's the best the Cubs have. They beat Blake Snell. He's one of the best in all of baseball. Dude almost won a World Series. In fact, he should have won a World Series and would have already been deemed, you know, some kind of postseason legend for what he did with the Rays last year. They didn't let Snell finish an inning. And now here comes Joe Musgrove with all this attention for the no-hitter. And I'm talking about in Pittsburgh. All this attention. Ah, Pirates, let another one get away. Whenever Joe Musgrove's always been Joe Musgrove. He'll look great, and then he won't look great, and then he'll get hurt. And he'll come back, and he'll look great, and then he won't look great, and then he'll get hurt again. That's who he is. This was step two in that process. I wish him nothing but the best, but the next time he gets hurt, I'm not exactly going to fall off my chair in shock. Joe Musgrove... Faced the Pirates last night, fresh off the first no-hitter in San Diego's franchise history. And great for him, and he was efficient and everything else. So here he comes against that sad, sorry team that he left. Well, they traded him, but you get the idea. And what? They, They forced him into throwing 81 pitches over four innings. They knew exactly what to do with him. They worked him. They did watch some strike one pitches go by, but they figured that was worth it in order to run up his count and to get him to work a little bit and to show more of his stuff. And he did, and in a handful of cases, enough cases, players sized it up and hit it hard. Gregory Polanco hit his really, really hard. I thought that was going to be out of the stadium off the bat. 
As it was, it went to the very top of the now tarped off seating section above the Clemente wall. Really impressive blast. They got the job done. They got him out of there. They got into the San Diego pen, and then they kind of did the same thing. Adam Frazier went three for five. Polanco ended up reaching base four times, two for two with, with two walks. Reynolds had an awful night at the plate, struck out four times, but he also had a hit. Colin Moran had a big, big RBI single. They just, they're, they're getting these things done offensively, other than from the center field position. If I go over the, the numbers here to date, uh, just going with the, the rudimentary stuff here, Adam Frazier is batting 300. Philip Evans is down to 342 after going 0 for 4 with a walk last night. Reynolds, after his lousy night, is still a 298. Moran's a 293. We're still waiting on Kevin Newman, but I also haven't seen him look like he's lost at the plate. He's at he's at 190. Um, he had a walk in three plate appearances last night. He he's he's still off, but there's just no way you hit 720 in spring training, and you're not due for some kind of come down, even if it is in the regular season. The center fielders have been terrible. I, I don't want to see Anthony Fowler. No, I can call them Anthony Fowler as a singular entity, right? Same as Dustin Alford. Uh, I don't want to see either of them in Pittsburgh beyond the end of this month. I, I'd rather see Jared Oliva come up. He's at least a prospect. Uh, bring up Cole Tucker. Work him into your lineup in some form or other. He can be a super utility guy. Whatever it is that the two of those kids are doing down there at Pirate City with this extra training away from the rest of the satellite camp, let's see it in action. And you can't ask for more from the catching position, even though the backup catchers can't hit to save their lives, than what you've gotten from Jacob Stallings. Certainly not lately. He's been tremendous. And, you know, they've had kind of a clutchiness about them. And I know there are advanced analytics that dump all over the concept of clutch, and you are who you are. You can't control the men on base. But my thinking on this, and I've actually done my own study on this, is that even if there isn't clutch, there can be absence of clutch, meaning you can shrink from a plate appearance. You can shrink from a big spot, the same way Barry Bonds did in all three of the Pirates' playoff appearances in 1990 through 92. Bonds was MVP right up until the games mattered. Why? He shrunk from it. Of course, he'd make up for the shrinking thing later in his career. Woo! Low-hanging fruit there, huh? It's not a bad baseball team. I know the record is going to end up whatever the record is, but the idea that this was supposed to be some kind of catastrophic, cataclysmic year what's the all-time record for losses and stuff like that was never going to apply because you had certain things in the equation that weren't really stark variables. You know, the bullpen has made sure that the Pirates have been in most games, even the ones they've lost this season. 
the offense has strung enough together that it's made sure that the Pirates can come back and capitalize on that bullpen. So what's missing here? Well, here's one thing, and it shouldn't be forgotten. Brian Hayes, you know, still hasn't played. He had the two-run shot at Wrigley Field on the very first at bat, and other than that, Brian Hayes hasn't been around. Brian Hayes will not exactly make this offense worse. Think of it that way. And think of putting whatever it is that he produces in the middle of all those 300s and 342s and 298s and 293s that I just read to you and presume that Kevin Newman raises his up to a respectable level, which I believe he will. That is not a bad hitting team. It's not one that has a ton of power, but that was known coming in. It's not a bad hitting team. And the other thing, of course, is to get some starting pitching. And if you really want to talk about things that make a difference, things that make you or would make you believe that this season won't be a catastrophe, how about how about if we see something from the kid that's on the mound again today? Let's see a sequel from Mitch Keller to how he pitched last time. And then you'll be talking. When we come back, just one question. back it's time for just one question that comes from my man big fitty who asks when Brian hayes does come back i'm curious to see how jr2 fills out the lineup the center fielders are so bad that one would think either jared oliva comes up or philip evans moves to left field the center field experiment has to be over soon right i would think it does but before i get to that i'm gonna take issue as you probably guessed that i might with the JR2 designation. Take your right hand and hold it in front of you in a fist and open it up. What's inside there? Okay, that is how much Derek Shelton has in common with John Russell. That's got to stop like right away. I mean, wherever it is that that might be an active thought, that's got to stop right away. Once you get to know and see and hear more from Shelton, and I understand it's been a strange circumstance here, to say the least, over the past year and a half, in all regards, but in that one as well. The city still doesn't even feel like it knows the guy, and he's in his second season. And I, I appreciate that. It's it's a just a totally different dynamic than what's, you know, obviously with the Steelers and Mike Tomlin's been around forever. The Penguins have had Mike Sullivan win two championships, and Shelton's like nobody by comparison. And actually, that's a fair assessment of what he's accomplished as well. He's new. But to suggest that he's Russell, wow, no. <laughs> Take it from somebody who covered literally every game of John Russell's career. They are not at all alike. And that, I think, kind of includes, to be fair, lineup construction, which is the context that you raised. 
JR loved uh, doing different things. He was the first Pirates manager that tried somebody, the pitcher batting eighth and and everything else. As quiet as he was, as, as, as stoic and rigid as he was, he did try a lot of different things. My favorite managerial thing that I've seen from Shelton to date is that he's actually done what you're kind of suggesting here that he hasn't. And that is, he's been really impatient, I think, really quickly with this center field issue. I mean, you can say, oh, no, Anthony Alford's had 19 at-bats, 0 for 19, struck out 14 times. He's been absolutely awful. But usually when you have someone that the organization acquires – uh, who was one of the top prospects in all of baseball as recently as 2018 in the Toronto system. And they bring him up, and then he gets hurt uh, last year at PNC Park, crashing into the wall. He comes back from a long rehab, something else that the team invests a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of passion into. Giving him only 19 at-bats is the equivalent of an extraordinarily quick hook in baseball. And I don't think Dustin Fowler is going to end up getting much more because he hasn't impressed either. His approaches have been garbage. Like, even when he does something well, his approaches have been terrible. In a couple of cases, outright unprofessional. Meaning certain situational things he should have recognized and didn't. These guys ain't it. And the manager has seen that and recognized that. Now, what ends up happening after that isn't really going to be a lineup issue. It's going to be a performance issue. I'm tired of hearing about Jared Oliva, the prospect. Every time I've laid eyes on Jared Oliva, and I understand he's played a lot more games than I've seen with my own eyes, I've been unimpressed, especially at the plate. I haven't seen a thing. Where is it? I don't know. I don't know. They seem to think there's something there. Let's see it. Cole Tucker's a little different. We've seen him. We've seen him probably more than you would see most prospects because of the amount of time that he was able to spend in Pittsburgh over the past season and a half. And he hasn't been able to hit. He has not been able to swing a bat at the major league level. And that's a concern. That's a concern. But they're going to figure that out. Not Shelton, not where he puts them in the lineup, not how he arranges the lineup. Center field is going to be solved either by the names I just mentioned or by a name that we don't yet know. I appreciate the question, Fiddy. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll do another Daily Shot of Pirates tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. 
Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.